Happy belated Memorial Day, everyone. Uh, this is a replay that we wanted to put out uh, featuring one of our most intense but great episodes uh, with Kogan Nelson. Uh, he was a retired USMC, did a ton for the country, and his story is incredible. Uh, we wanted to make sure we got it out this week in remembrance of him and everybody else uh, that serves and is has served in the past uh, to allow us to do everything that we're able to do. Uh, so with that, we wanted to reshare this one. We hope you check it out. It is well worth the listen. Uh, it's just incredible, and the talk about community and what it all meant to coming back is pretty powerful. So with that, enjoy this episode. Welcome to this next episode of Clinically Pressed. This is a very different episode from ones that we've done in the past, but an extremely powerful one. Uh, we were able to meet up with Kogan Nelson when we were down at the CrossFit Games hanging out with the Pauls of Paragon Fitness this past summer. I got to hear Kogan's story, and it was really incredible. Um, we wanted to release this one uh, right in line with Veterans Day, as Kogan is a veteran and is doing a tremendous amount of work and some really inspiring stuff to help veterans who are dealing with things that when they come back that don't always get seen on the physical side and some of the other things that can go on uh, with having served and other issues that uh, they need help working with and Kogan is on the forefront of helping out with that and that ties right in with Paragon uh, Nutrition and their support and utilizing the products that they've come out with to help Kogan touches on that a little bit in this episode uh, and it's an extremely powerful um, information when it comes to that but also just the story of how Kogan has gone through his own struggles and the power of people and sticking together and then also getting into movement and how CrossFit helped bring Kogan back as he pretty much describes it. Uh, it really is um, a moving thing and we really highly suggest listening to this one just because it is something that is kind of eye-opening and kind of changed our view on a lot of things just it was really, really um, powerful. So with that, uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Please check out Paragon Fitness and Nutrition. Uh, when you check out, use code CP15 for 15% off. Uh, love to hear people's thoughts on this. Uh, comment on YouTube or wherever we get it posted at. Uh, and with that, enjoy this episode. Well, we're here in Cottage Grove, Wisconsin with Marine Sergeant Kogan Nelson, Paul Yonzer, special guest host, Joel and myself, special guest host Andy Esco, times three now for guest hosting. Oh, I thought you meant size-wise. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be four. That's where I thought Just you were Just the heart. Four X. Yeah. where your heart is. But yeah, uh, Purple Heart War Vet, Marine Sergeant, um, 32 years old. And stop me if I um, mess something up here. You were deployed multiple times, and uh, you were injured in the back of a vehicle when it struck an IED. 
Um, aftermath was not immediate, but eventually uh, you required to spend time with a wounded warrior battalion. You sought treatment for a TBI, uh, PTSD, depression, and numerous other physical ailments. And you mentioned not just physical, but um, the, the things that you can't physically see, and sometimes that I'm sure is almost more challenging. Yeah, the invisible wounds, we call them, definitely more challenging sometimes than the physical ones. Can't imagine. Um, so, needless to say, you had a lot of uh, days with <laughs> dark rooms, medicine, uh, very little social interaction, and uh, I, I can't imagine some dark places, and you said you've, you've come a long ways, and uh, I, I only know you from what, what I've met from you today and these fellows as well. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of the journey you've been on. Um, up until uh, now, you own the House of CrossFit in Carlsbad, California, and live and train in Marquette, Michigan. Correct. Yeah. Correct? Okay. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so <clears throat> after all that happened, um, you know, I kind of thought stuff was going wrong, you know, like I didn't feel the same, didn't really act the same, um, you know, um, the physical stuff was there, but like you go and you have like the surgeries or you go to physical therapy and you get over it and you, and you go back and then, but the mental stuff, the f stuff you couldn't see, like, you're like, well, I used to be social, but now I'm not social. And then you're like, somebody will ask you a question. Like, oh, don't you remember, like, in fifth or sixth grade when you did this, this, or this? And I'm like, no, you know, I don't really remember a lot of my childhood anymore. Um, and it was just stuff like that, and it was building up and building up. And then um, I was on a workup with one of my units for another deployment that we were going on. Uh, and then something just like, like kind of snapped and I froze and I knew right then I was like, something's definitely not right. And I need, um, to get some help. Um, so I started getting help, um, you know, f seeing, um, a neurologist, seeing a psychologist, uh, different kinds of doctors. Uh, once they started bringing up what was going on, you know, everything came to the surface um, and I it got really dark there for a really long time um, you know like I used to every night needed to drink like a fifth of crown and just to you know go to sleep um, didn't really want to hang out with anybody, just wanted to stay in the room, like not do anything. Um, yeah, I mean, it was dark, uh, wondered, you know, like, if I should still be alive, you know, like question myself, oh, it should have been me that was killed, or, you know, you question, like, the decisions that you made over there, like, oh, did I need to take that shot, did I need to do that um, type of stuff. Um, 
Yeah, and then you it just replays in your head over and over and over. Um, you know, and my biggest thing is, like, I thought I was alone, you know, so I thought, like, I was looking at everybody I deployed with, everybody that I was friends with, and it was like, they didn't they don't have problems, you know, like, why am I having problems, you know, like, why am I the only one like this, so I thought I was alone, um, you know, so I just completely shut down, you know, pushed everyone away, lost a lot of close friends, all that stuff, you know. Wow. And then you found CrossFit, and that's kind Yeah, of so, um... I went to a specialty clinic in uh, Bethesda, Maryland, uh, NICO, uh, and it's where they send some of the worst case um, traumatic brain injury coupled with PTSD uh, patients that the armed forces has. Um, so I went there, and right before I went there, um, one of my buddies, um, he was kind of a platoon sergeant at Wounded Warrior Battalion, so he was kind of in charge of making sure we went to our appointments and did all that stuff and made sure we didn't do anything stupid. And we became really close. Um, and he just told me one day, he was like, hey, you're getting up off this couch and you're coming to work out with me. And I fought him tooth and nail, but <clears throat> I went, you know. And he was like, we're going to go uh, through this, like, workout of the day. He was like, it would be really easy, whatever. He was like, yeah, this stuff's like CrossFit. And I was like, CrossFit, whatever. Like, <laughs> whatever this is, like, I played college football, like, I've been in the Marine Corps, I know how to work out, whatever. Man, nothing, whatever, I can't tell you what we did, but it had me laid out on my back. <laughs> and, like, I couldn't even really do anything, really. Like, I couldn't do, like, burpees or squats and all that stuff because all the stuff I had going on. But he totally modified and scaled it just like you can with CrossFit. You can modify and scale everything to anyone's ability. Man. Like I said, it had me laying on my back. So I was like, dude, we gotta do this again. And I was like, but I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to NICO next week. Um, and he was like, dude, like, let me uh, like help you out. Like, CrossFit's this awesome, like, community thing um he's like there's got to be like a like a crossfit box you can go to around there you know um so he contacted crossfit bethesda told them like what was going on with me um i called them talked to them told them what's going on and they were like yeah come train so the like four months three months i was in bethesda they let me come there free and train. And That's awesome. So, yeah. 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 So <clears throat> it's been a long journey. I think um, if I showed you pictures of me right now starting CrossFit, before CrossFit, and like now, 
you'd probably be like, whoa. You know, I was like pushing 250. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, I kid you not when, like, I would wake up, go sit on the couch, and I wouldn't move. Like, it got, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it got so bad, like, sometimes, like, one time I remember, I think I pretty much peed my pants because I forgot, like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, you know? It gets, like, to be, like, that point. Jeez. Like, you wow. forget to shower. Jeez. Sometimes you forget to eat, you know? And then other times you, like, can't stop eating, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's crazy highs ride. and lows. Yeah, just like a total, like, highs and lows. One day you'll feel like, oh, man, like, I'm getting on top of this. Like, I kick this PTSD in the butt like it's not gonna take me out you know the next day like you have a gun in your mouth and you're like nope I'm not doing this anymore so yeah it's crazy you know like and it gets hard it gets hard um, like even today, so I was like saying, like I was pushing 250. Today I'm like 178, 180, um, doing stuff I thought I could never do, or never be able to do, and doing stuff that I was told I would never be able to do. Um, yeah, it's just crazy to think about like where I come from to now, and then like still dealing with stuff. You know, it's just not as bad. Um, so yeah. Wow. So now that you've kind I, of uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, keep talking. I'm gonna find that picture. For okay. You. <laughs> I'm gonna show you like a progression. Right. That'll be sweet. Um, now that you kind of not come all the way through it, you're still dealing with things you said, but you've been through kind of the meat of it, from what it seems like. What kind of advice would you have for somebody enlisted who's thinking they're sitting in the room thinking they're alone? Um, not able to find anyone to talk to or even willing to talk to anybody what would be your advice for somebody like that so it's you said it right there like you hit the nail on the head like you're not like i would tell them like you are not alone like and that's the biggest thing is we all everyone thinks they're alone they they all think that they're the only ones going through this like they're like man like I'm messed up in the head like I, I can't believe I'm thinking this way or like I don't like they just like you think you're completely alone and no one else is going through what you're going through and like my biggest thing is I tell people is you're not like people have gone through it going through it gonna go through it you know, um, and I talk to a lot of people lately, not just in the armed service community, but first responders, you know, um, paramedics, fire, uh, firemen, police officers, you know, they, they see what we saw in their own backyard, you know, so... Uh, in our small community in Marquette, I know a bunch of them personally. Um, and I talk to them all the time, you know, about the stuff they see, stuff that they've been through. 
and just let them know, like, hey, man, like, <laughs> you're not by yourself, you know. So that's the biggest thing. If someone out there is dealing with depression or PTSD or thoughts of suicide, like, you're not the only one that's thinking it or going through it. Um, you know, and that there is actual people that care about you. <laughs> so, Do you still have a support group then that you stay in touch with today? Or is that kind of your CrossFit community that is your so support? So I definitely rely on, like, the CrossFit community. Um, you know, the community that I created at my gym in California. A lot of those people I'm still really good friends with. The CrossFit community I have at CrossFit Marquette, it's awesome. The small community of Marquette and the surrounding areas are totally awesome. Um, but the bonds that you've created in the military like, will never be broken. And there's um, a lot of guys that I served with and that I've met going through different functions that I didn't serve with. But, you know, we're st still Marines or any armed service going through the same thing. Like, we'll text each other every now and then and be like, out of the blue, like, hey, how you doing? You know, just checking in, you know, because you never know. Like, is that random text message going to help somebody? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't want to get too political um well it, it's it's a touchy subject for sure among all enlisted men yeah um but do you think it's kind of a sidewinder but do you think like the u.s military as a whole is doing enough are they changing with the times now that these disorders and these ways of thinking are coming to light a lot more often and i mean back when my cousin came home nobody talked about it yeah and he diagnosed PTSD 100% disabled yep. and I, I got to witness firsthand some of the things like guns and some of the things that almost happened yeah I'm glad they didn't but now I feel like just as an outsider looking in it's becoming more and more uh, to light mm -hmm. more people are shedding light on the topic do you feel like there's more that could be done or do you feel like they're starting to change with the times a little bit or is it a little bold? Yeah, that's like... So going through the same thing as like your cousin. 100% PTSD, disabled, all that stuff. Like... I can Like... I would love to say like... They're doing so much more. You know? And they are doing more. You know? Like... Like when he came back and when I came back, it was kind of like this like... Nah, like... We're gonna sweep it under the rug you're fine like it was like when you come back from deployment you fill out these like questionnaires you know like did you see this did you see that did you go through this did you go through that and are you feeling symptoms of this blah 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 blah. but you're like so rushed and forced through that stuff like just just mark no on everything you know so like you get in and you get out boom you know because i mean back when the war was heavy it was like about like getting in getting out getting back in you know like um, I think nowadays it's definitely more mainstream 
You know, that was the word I was looking for. Yeah, people are more aware of it, but I think it's still something people are struggling with on how to deal with it and how to successfully treat it, Um, especially with someone that suffers from PTSD and a traumatic brain injury at the same time. Uh, And I say this out of experience because I had two doctors, a neurologist and a psychologist, right? Neurologist for the traumatic Mm -hmm. brain injury, psychologist for the PTSD. Well, the neurologist would always say, well, I can't treat you until your PTSD gets better. And my psychologist used to tell me, well, I can't treat you until you fix your TBI. Well, Jesus. and here I am in the middle. Can yeah, you imagine how, yeah. like, frustrated right. helpless. Oh, yeah. and helpless oh, yeah. you feel? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I think between those two doctors and, like, another doctor, they had me on, like, 14, 15 different medications, you Jeez. know, like, and they wouldn't, like, work together. Um, so I think they're doing, they've been doing some research studies with people with both and finding successful ways to handle both, you know, because one feeds into the other, you know, it's not <laughs> oh, one, definitely. it's not, it's not the PTSD is causing the brain injury or the brain injury is causing the PTSD, you know, they both play hand in hand and they both amplify and ramp up each other you know and you need to treat both at the same time to come back to like a good medium you know i was listening to a joe rogan i think it was dr mark gordon he's an endocrinologist and he started doing a lot of stuff with military and traumatic brain injury and looking at strictly hormones it was yeah. his focus and just finding out how many especially with military or anybody with them were just so off and once they were helped to restore basic endocrine levels yeah. and function symptoms got better you know with the traumatic brain injury and then they saw improvement kind of across the board mm-hmm. when it was multifaceted but he was looking strictly at the hormone part of it not even the rest of it if which I remember was the episode different correctly levels. it was uh, something with the sh- shock blast or the the brain injury disrupting the pituitary and the ability to release yeah uh, hormones properly so <clears throat> that Blastos and actually cause a cyst on my pituitary gland. Oh wow! Oh so, Yeah. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's crazy how you Just know what this stuff spirals out of control. Yeah, it does to you, you know, and you know you you have that coupled with uh, you know hormone ho- hormone imbalance and on so many levels. With yeah. All those different hormones that the pituitary yeah. controls too. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, and then. I mean, I even notice it, like, today, um, you know, it's really hard at times um, to recover from some workouts, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, because the pituitary controls testosterone, GHD, growth hormone, like, all that stuff, you know? So, like, if it's not producing enough, you're going to totally... Tank, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take a little bit extra time to come back and work out. Yeah. 
you know, that's where a good company like Paragon comes in. <laughs> yeah, we, we know some of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a, I had We've a been trying to work uh, with them. Pretty bad head, head injury from a snatching in 2013 and was on two weeks of bed rest. I uh, took a snatch to the face. Mm. And my recovery after that was just garbage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just it disrupts everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't work, going to work was difficult. It was, uh, you know, the mental fatigue and then physical fatigue on top of that was just. You know, I had, to, I had to stop CrossFit for a while until I could really recover mentally and then mm -hmm. um, get back into it slowly. So. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, even now, I wake up probably every two hours and probably sleep from 11 or midnight, maybe to 6, you know, waking up every two hours. Um do you find that the the night gains helps with that or yeah does it yeah the night gains that's a game changer man like, that's awesome that's good to hear. <coughs> helps like go to sleep faster and then i me and my girlfriend talk about this all the time um dude it makes you have some weird dreams yeah <laughs> and little, i'm like i was like Amanda. i woke up um it's don't the, give away the trade secrets no it's just the B6 does the weird dreams. Like, yeah. I, like, woke up, and I was like, man, I know I'm, like, in some deep sleep because I am dreaming. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, they're weird, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't dream unless I, unless I take it. Yeah. Unless, uh, if I take it, I dream. If, if I'm not, I don't. Like, I didn't yeah. dream for years. Well, that's years. me, too. Like, I, if, um, if I had dreams, it was, like, nightmares, you know, mm -hmm. or, like, flashbacks. Right, right. But, like, n sometimes... <laughs> I will totally wake up laughing hysterically. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was talking with somebody who said uh, who has some some bad dreams from things that they've seen, and they said the night games uh, turns those bad dreams into not not so bad. It's so true, uh, like so true. Which is is crazy to hear. Um, you know that somebody quit quit taking the night games because of the the weird dreams. They're just like hey, I just can't do it. I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, it's got a you know, combination of magnesium and B6 is in there to help with the conversion of glutamate into glutamine yeah. so you get the excitatory neurotransmitters out and calm down the brain. Um, so it's you know, something that's in there because that's what it does. Yeah. You know, and Try the, to give the brain what it needs to, to shut down. You can definitely feel, um, you know, <coughs> the stuff that service members go through you know you're trained to always be you know in fight mode you know there's no there's no flight it's always ready to go you know i think <clears throat> night games definitely helps calm that down a little the hyperactivity you know mm -hmm. like doesn't take it completely away but it definitely helps dull it so that's so, Andy asked a little bit about, um, you know, like the advice you'd have for just telling someone that they're not in it alone, you know, like they're not alone. How, what would you say to somebody that's just in general dealing with adversity? Because obviously you've had to overcome a shit ton of adversity. Obviously the adversity that most people are dealing with is minuscule, but probably in their world, it's a big deal, you know, to them. 
in their perspective, right. what advice would you have to somebody for just overcoming adversity in general? Yeah, so number one, I would just, I would say the same thing. Like what you're going through, you're not alone. Like people have gone through or you're going through, going through it right now, going to go through it, you know. But also, um, like no matter who you are, like you need to tell your story. Like everyone needs to tell their story. Everyone has a story, even if you don't think you do. Like tell your story because it's going to help someone else. You know, and then um, you just like you need to find a purpose, you know, like that purpose driven life. Like if it's taking your dog on a walk and making your dog the happiest animal <laughs> ever, like that's a good goal. Dude, that's your purpose. Like it's usually a brighten up in my day. Right. Yeah. Like, well, like, I know you're happy, so this is good. <laughs> I'm pleasing someone today, so life's all right. Right. Like own it. Man. I showed like, up at home, so you're happy. This is great. Like. I mean, Kyle, you're a chiropractor. Like, you make people feel better, you know? You adjust them, they're like, oh, man, I can move, you know? Like, that's got to make you happy, right? Yeah, it does. You find a purpose in what you do that gives other people enjoyment and fulfillment, and, man, like, that'll make your life so much better. That's good advice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. I like it. So obviously not the only thing you've done in your life is military service. Um, so you, going back, you did your kind of specialized TBI, PTSD clinic. You trained at the CrossFit gym in Maryland for four months, did you say? Yeah, yeah, right around four months, I think. So now at this point, you're probably getting a little bit serious. You're hooked a little bit. Yeah. You come back to Cali after that? Yeah, yeah. At that point, what's next with your kind of CrossFit career? So what's next is kind of like I was like man like I was like I'm, I'm getting out of the like I'm getting out of the Marine Corps um, <laughs> I was like man I really want to like continue CrossFit you know like um, so the first thing I did is you know like when you go and your doctors basically say hey like you're not fit for duty anymore um you know, we think we're going to, like, medically retire you. You wait for your... You go on a board. You wait for your disability. You get it back, and you're like, okay, I'm out. So, first thing I did, I was like, all right, so I don't really know where I want to move. Uh, my family lives in, half in, like, Florida, half in, like, Michigan. I kind of like where I'm living. Not really. I don't know where I want to go. So, I'm going to rent this place for a little bit figure it out but the first thing i did was like all right where's the crossfit gym <laughs> sweet that's like a quarter of a mile away i'm gonna go there <laughs> um and then i started going uh working out there uh, became really good friends with the owner he was a, uh, a marine is a marine once a marine always a marine um and we kind of bonded after that and he kind of like asked me as he goes like what's your goal like in CrossFit like what's your goal and before I knew I was like kind of good at CrossFit I was like you know I really want to like I want to coach like I want to like give back to the community that helped save my life you know like I want to spread it to other people so he was like you know 
I think we have a spot for you. You know, so I got signed up for my level one, did all that, you know, and he at the time, it still is uh, on the HQ staff. And his role got uh, higher and higher and it took a lot more. And he basically asked me, he was like, hey, I'm either going to walk away and the gym's going to close or I want you to buy it. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, I bought it, um, you know, changed the name, did all that, and then uh, decided, you know, it's like, I kind of, like, enjoy this CrossFit stuff, you know? Like, I'm starting to do some stuff that I've never done before. Did a local competition, and I was like, I'm hooked. <laughs> So I decided I wanted to start trying to compete. So it's a pretty good story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went from like the first time I tried to kick up in a handstand, I blacked out. <laughs> like passed out totally, you know, with like the vertigo and stuff. Like, couldn't barely do burpees because it made me dizzy all that stuff to I mean now I honestly have a goal of making the CrossFit Games as a master when I turn 35 nice sweet so awesome so you like competing you like coaching still what yeah. what one do you find more rewarding or is it kind of like you love both of them <laughs> I love both I really do just because um coaching is awesome because I like to help people. You found your purpose. You want to help somebody. Exactly. You know, like telling, like showing people that they can do stuff they never thought they could do and instilling confidence in them that they've never had is so rewarding. And it's awesome. Like I have a girl, um, at CrossFit Marquette, she has uh, she had a hip replacement, and she's young. Uh, she had an injury, had a hip replacement, couldn't couldn't like squat or anything. Like her squat was terrible. Man, she was doing overhead squats the other day, and I was like, "Look at you!" And she goes, "Ha ha." Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I go back to like on the other side. Man, I, I played sports since I was like four. I played college football. And then the Marine Corps, like, like you're competitive. Like, like war was a game. Like, you like you had to win. You know what I mean? Like, you, I mean, it was winner, not go home type yeah, stuff, right. you know? So, like, I've just always been competitive. And, uh, you know, CrossFit kind of feeds that competitive edge that I've always had. So, where do you play college football? Jacksonville University. Okay, no idea. Yeah, I mean, it is Division One AA, but it's not like yeah. that's is that the Alabama or the Florida. 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 Is, is there the, two? I think there's, there's a, always... yeah. There's one in Alabama. Okay, but, so the but I think one? that's Jacksonville State. Okay. Oh, okay. I know. Uh, <clears> and they're like gross coach. Down they're only like the Division Florida. Two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just you know, if anybody's yeah. keeping score at yeah. all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
So what do you do to motivate your athletes? I, I know that's a, a big thing for coaches to be able to do, and even for me, you know, treating people. is like, what, what can motivate people to kind of want to take care of themselves? Uh, so can you draw on, like, your past experiences yeah. to help motivate them? or so, Well, please? that and um, you have to care because not everyone is the same you know like what motivates me is not gonna motivate you you or you or you like everyone's different so like you have to care enough to get to know people to know what their goals are and what drives them you know and you have to know how they react like you might like to get slapped and yelled at <laughs> And then, you know, like you might like the, yeah, let's go, Paul, <laughs> stuff. You know, you never know. Like mm-hmm. Joel you, likes to get cuddled. Yeah. So good hug before you go in there. Yeah, yeah it's always yeah. good. You have to invest your time, you know, in everyone. You know, you, you can't be a, a, a cookie cutter coach. You know, those coaches not successful you know and people don't like coming to their classes there's a really good question i had i have such a bad you start jotting stuff i know i thought about it i thought about it (sighs) somebody it'll come back to you in the middle of the night and then i'll interrupt somebody yeah Yeah. so what's it take to be a successful gym owner Man, you can't just... Should we start another episode? (laughs) You can't just love CrossFit. Man. Like... I mean, speak from experience. Yeah. Owning a business is not just caring about, like, why you're running that business. You know, it takes a lot more. Like, I would tell anybody out there, regardless if it's... CrossFit, powerlifting, weightlifting, you want to start a gym, like, research just how to run a business, you know? There's so many books out there, and you need to know them from the front to the back. So we're going to jump ahead. Yeah. What are the books? What book recommendations do you have? Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> you would do that. You, well, you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> you had to. Uh, can you we cut know. this part cut. out? <laughs> uh, I haven't read a book. So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, a little engine that could? Yeah. I mean, you just got to keep trying. Yeah. Chugging along. Uh, I have read the, what is it? Biz- business 101 or... How to run a business for what is it like dumbasses or whatever? Oh, oh yeah, dummies. yeah, for yeah, dummies. dummies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I've read that. Like, um, there's a lot out there. Can I claim uh, brain injury that I can't remember any? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. titles. It's your episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> Should we keep rolling through those? I think uh, sure. some people inside are starting to get hungry yeah. based on the, yeah. so the high signs coming <laughs> through the the door over here. We got this homebrew to keep us filled. Yeah. Homebrew coffee. coffee. This but coffee. Thanks, Paul. The homebrew coffee. The homebrew yeah. coffee. 
Uh, so I remembered my question along his line with motivation. We did a kind of just a mobile podcast. Yeah. We kind of just did a mobile podcast on the way down here on like athlete mental health. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that came up was coaches relating to athletes and just trying to get to know them. So specifically, as a Purple Heart vet, and there, um, there are a ton of veterans who are picking up CrossFit, just trying to get a community and kind of get back into shape after they've come for home, sure. whatever. What advice do you have for coaches who are in the CrossFit community and they have a vet come in? What's your best advice and maybe a tip or a trick to get them to open up? Not not talk about uncomfortable stuff, yeah. but just get to know them one-on-one. So at first, I would say just, you know, treat them like you would any other person walking off the street, you know? The biggest thing, especially with vets, is, like, you don't want to be, like, singled out. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be treated like you know at least from me or like my close friends you don't want to be like given handouts or treated differently you just want to be treated like everyone else awarded the same opportunity you know treat them like anyone else give them a comfortable safe environment to train at once they feel a part of the community you know like they will open up you know, when they open up, then you know that they have your trust and you can start building that relationship, you know, so. I think that's an important thing. I think as with all the kind of topics we covered with PTSD and TBI stuff, it's it's just such a sensitive topic and people, yeah. people aren't sure how to navigate, so it's nice to hear from somebody right. who's been on that side of the fence and... Yeah. I just, just feel like it's like advice. it's almost like a potty potty word, you know? Like you scold your kids for saying a bad word and yeah. like as soon as someone says those like four letters, people are like it's got PTSD. Like you know. And it's not like that. Like I feel you know, like movies movies right now are killing us like yeah you know yeah. movies portray veterans with ptsd as like psychos yeah mm-hmm. you know like we're not psychos i can see a lot of it just being people not knowing how to relate yeah you know no, it's totally just like, like not what i, I don't do know i have anyone yeah. there yeah don't know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no totally yeah and the, i mean we should do a movie that shows it in, like a good thing right yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know like yeah Oh, yeah. I think one thing I've noticed, too, especially with kind of the recent years, is people have just gotten in the habit of, like, oh, thanks for your service. Yeah. Like, no, totally. No. Truly, you guys bust your ass for us. And yeah. at least I, I thank you for your service. Yeah. Truly, from the bottom of my heart. So. Thanks. You know, that was one of the reasons I joined. You know, like, I was playing football right around, you know, everything was going on. And I was like, you know what? Like, I would hate if this crap was coming over here. You know, like, you know what? I'm going to go do something about it. Like, I would gladly go back today and do everything all over again just to, like, know that it would prevent any of the stuff from coming over here. I think that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So what is something that you believe that maybe others may not? 
that you are capable of things even if people tell you you are not. So, yeah. So I guess you believe that they can do it. Because others believe that they can. Yeah, if you believe you can do it, man, like, you can do it. Like, I've been told by so many people, like, you're not good enough. Like, you'll never do this. You'll never be this. You know, and like, when I'm having a hard time or a bad day, like, I think about those people and I'm like, no. Prove you wrong. You know? So. That's cool. You did the three take home tips earlier when you asked the question. They were pretty oh, solid. Yes, you did. I think. I'll just reiterate those in the end because I think the ones you had earlier for sure were yeah. spot on and super helpful. What's your most influential purchase for hundred dollars or less? It can be fitness related. It can be anything related. I will do. I'll do two. I'll do one fitness related. Yeah. And then one like personal. So, fitness related because everything in CrossFit is expensive. Um, <laughs> Seems to be we've heard that twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we could get more things under a hundred dollars, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, but man, um, my good friend owns uh, my good friend Dave Newman owns RX Smart Gear. And they make the best jump ropes around, right? And their jump ropes, like, are not that expensive for the quality that you get. And we all know, like, as crossfitters, double-unders are the most aggravating thing (laughs) there is. (laughs) So a good jump rope definitely can help out. And... They're definitely under a hundred dollars. For sure. You know, and I love mine and I would say best purchase under a hundred dollars. That was Kelly's one of her recommendations yeah. yesterday actually too. Was yeah, get rope. your own yeah. job rope. Yeah. I mean yeah. RX Spark here on the I'll confirm. First time I used one I was like, This is Right? This is what I mean. Yeah. Dude, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, Dave Newman, at, he doesn't like to tell this, so I'm gonna throw him under the bus. <laughs> ask him started how it started yes it is one of the best stories i've ever heard and it it will tell you what kind of guy he is we were fortunate we were fortunate enough to interview the guy whose father in wisconsin invented the beaded jump rope oh nice back in the day so (laughs) way back we've got nice connection to jump ropes absolutely keeps coming up (laughs) yeah i i'll introduce you guys this weekend sweet yeah you guys should totally talk to him. Because I asked him his story. Me and Vanessa, we asked him his story. He was like, what? You want to know my story? No one asked my story. But I was like, yeah, tell us that. Like, how did you come up with this jump rope? Like, it's awesome. You got to talk to him. Um, the next one. Um, I would say I have to look up who it's uh, written by. But if you like to read books, or even if you don't like to read books, you should read this book. 
It is called the Four Agreements Pause for author. Don Miguel Ruiz and Janet Mills. This book changed like the way I thought about life. You know, and it, it talks about four agreements that you have to make with yourself on how to like go throughout living your life. And that's I mean, I think it's like five dollars on Amazon. Definitely under a hundred dollars. Nice. Sweet. Definitely worth it. Good deal. Two questions in one right there. Um, I don't need to ask them all. Go ahead. I can. In your area of expertise, what is, how would you make something that is complicated simple? You gotta Barney style everything. <laughs> I like that explanation. Right? Like, I like that. Like, we'll, we'll take, like, teaching someone, like, a new movement. Like, you're not there to make yourself sound like the most educated person on an air squat. Like, you're there to teach them how to do it. You know what I mean? Like, so you just have to like Barney style it. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah like stuff doesn't have to be so complicated. I want to. Sure. You know, and You'd be in a shit house three quarters of everybody doesn't <laughs> understand half the words people are saying anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. So what information would you tell yourself if you were to go back ten years, five years? The years you can you can poise us where you take us. What would you tell yourself? Uh, you know, it's like cliche because everyone has the no regrets thing in it. Um, <clears throat> but I think I would go back, you know, ten years and just kind of take the mentality that I have now from the you're not good enough to you are good enough type mentality and if I would have had that 10 years ago man I would probably be in the NFL right now <laughs> there you go <laughs> there it is but yeah like that's what I would say like I would have start believing in myself then you know, instead of now. Nice. Well, I don't think we can keep you from your daughter too much longer yeah. before she breaks through <laughs> that class. She want to come out and say hi? Hey. Oh, now she's all nervous. Come here. Come here. Can you say hi? Say hi. <laughs> huh? Outside the glass. Yeah. Yep. Can you say hi? No. 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 
You just got dad. That's all that matters. Before we finish up, do you have anything else you'd want to say? Shout-outs? Where can people find you? Social media? Uh, first of all, I would like uh, to thank you guys, Clinically Press, for having me on here. You know, and Thanks for being on. Yeah, we appreciate it. And Paragon for supporting me and having me over here, too. Thank you. Yeah, you guys have definitely... Um, change my life, man. Like your stuff has totally helped with things. Thank you. Yeah, and I I can't say enough about the product and how awesome it is. It's clean. It works. Like there's no BS. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And then you guys for having me on here to help share my story and hopefully. You know, help someone. You know, yeah, yeah absolutely. One person sure. hears it and it helps them. That's enough. You know, yep. and then uh, social media on like Instagram, you can find me at uh, Kogan Nelson. So C O G E N N E L S O N. You see uh, a little bit of everything on there. Mostly this little one. Yeah. <laughs> You're famous. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Hey. Thanks again, Cody. Yeah, no, thank yeah, thanks for coming on. <laughs> That's a wrap. Yeah. Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Pressed. Go to clinicallypress.com for full show notes and links to everything that was covered in this episode. While you're there, you have access to all of our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Pressed on YouTube and any podcast outlet. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or review on how we are doing, we would greatly appreciate it. To get more free content delivered to your inbox, sign up for the Total Athletic Therapy newsletter. You'll get direct links to all new Clinically Pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated simple and optimize performance. Thank you for listening and see you next episode.